I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we are all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Ooh, this was a tough one. This, I think, this was really hard. And I kind of want to watch it again. But also, <laughs> I kind of don't want to watch it ever again. Yeah, like, that's the thing that kind of stops Handmaid's Tale from being in like my favorite show category. Yes. In that it's so beautifully done and it's so great, but damn, I do not want to watch it over again. And it's a very different thing for me because I loved Breaking Bad and I watched it, like I started watching mm-hmm. it the first episode and I watched mm-hmm. it weekly till mm-hmm. it was done. And then I was like, I don't ever have any desire to go back because it felt like it was very highly like serialized almost. Mm -hmm. It was just like this like, sounds weird, but like a page turner of a show. It really was. And it moved so fast. I was like, okay, I don't feel the need to like go back and revisit this. Even though I loved the performances and I thought that the writing was really strong. I think Breaking Bad has so many good like comedic moments that I can watch it again. And it's most of the violence is happening to men. So it doesn't feel (laughs) quite so urgent, though. I will say when I was first, it's not an attack. Yeah. (laughs) When I first watched Breaking Bad, I kept having nightmares about hiding drugs places. So it clearly affected me. But I feel like I could more easily rewatch Breaking Bad than rewatch Handmaid's Tale. But different strokes for different folks. Like, but I had such... I don't even know that mixed feelings is the way to describe how I felt about this episode, which, by the way, is season two, episode four, Other Women. Mm-hmm. I felt bored for parts of it, but oh, then toward the end, it was just like this mounting sense of unease, and I was just really, yeah. really upset. Oh, I'm, I was so. upset from like word go. Yeah. And not to mention while I was watching this, I was recovering from IUD insertion. <laughs> so like my belly hurt, my vagina hurt. Oh, and this it just is felt a terrible like, episode to watch when you've yeah, had anything happening it, to your lady parts. It was not great, Kel. <laughs> it was not great. Before we get into further discussion of this show, I asked you guys if you had anything you wanted me to mention on Facebook and boy, did ya. Um, <laughs> Uh, And when I say, yeah, I mostly mean one person. (laughs) All right, here we go. You didn't give me a... Oh, oh, you did give me a phonetic version. So, okay. Dragoosh. Dragoosh. And you didn't include an explanation of your last name. But Dragoosh Iyes wanted us to comment on how uh, March Sadness went. Which, of course, our winner of March Sadness was... Sylvia Plath. Yeah. Sylvia Plath. Sylvia Plath. So uh, sad. Dragoosh was wor- was upset that Joan Diddy and the Queen of California Sad did not make uh, more of a showing. And frankly, I'm still mad about Juna Barnes, so yeah, I have no sympathy know, for you. Yeah, you know, but I mean, I feel like it was going to come down to two suicidal people, and <laughs> it did. Thank you so much, Dragoosh, for all of your comments. You said... Uh, oh, also, if we have any newbies... Who are just coming to the podcast. Welcome, first of all. And second of all, March Sadness is our thing that we did NCAA tournament style to determine the saddest lady writer of all time. Find out more about it on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash read all over. And we have lively discussions there all the time. V lively. Yeah. So thank you, Dragoosh. I believe we pronounced your name sufficiently this time. I'm and, not in this. I'm not part of this conflict. And shout out to Allie Pate Rosen, who won our March Sadness comment contest. We're going to send you a care package real soon. Hope you're doing well in the red state of Louisiana. Louise! 
Yana. All right. Now to the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really like I feel like a gymnast, how they have to like set yeah. themselves and they run toward the vault. <laughs> Put some chalk on your hands, oh bitches. It's got to be real. My first note is damn retag. Because <laughs> they Oh my god, I again. missed the retag. What? I didn't see the retag. That's weird. It's literally the first shot of this episode. Uh, I don't know why I didn't notice Were you getting it. Getting some popcorn? No. <laughs> I pay close attention. <laughs> well, yeah, they straight up Claire's stapled a new retag into uh, her ear. They probably it, let like the the young girls do it, you know, like the 16-year-olds, <laughs> they draw the little dot on and then like the left and the right yeah, don't yeah. quite match. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was a bummer. There was I had a slight sliver of hope as this episode opened, I'm like, oh, fuck. Maybe, oh, maybe it's a, maybe is she not really caught? Nah, I had no hope. <laughs> I was like, nah, she's back. There's like, a couple, she's in the red center. There's a couple of times in this show where I was like, oh, maybe. And it never comes to pass. <laughs> so I just need to get it. I'm also thrown every time that there's no theme song. I don't know why. We've yeah, there's watch- almost never a theme song. We've been watching so many episodes of the show and I still expect it to be like, it's Handmaid's Tale. It's Handmaid's Tale. How many maids could a handmaid hand if a handmaid could handmaid's? <laughs> Brought to you by Colgate <laughs> and or Tylenol. Tylenol. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they han- they Hannibal Lecter her to the bed, which I owe you some money, Kelly, because I think you said she's if she comes back to Gilead, she's automatically going to be chained up in that gym. So. I maybe I missed her retagging because I was busy taking a victory lap on my accurate prediction that she would be chained up in this basement. Yeah, so she's chained up in this basement and they I mean, make, listen, say what you will about Gilead, but they stick to their promises. They really do and they know how to decorate a basement, which I appreciate. <laughs> um now this reference to the pig balls is straight up from the book. I forgot that we hadn't heard it yet. Oh right. Well, that makes me feel because sl- this had the same kind of effect on me as the grasping at straws did in the previous episode, where I was like, "Why is this so freaking corny?" Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And maybe that was also was the grasping at straws from the book. I'm afraid I don't remember. But anyway, so maybe I should apologize to Dorothy Ford and Barry. <laughs> Pig balls, I remember viscerally because every time they say it, I'm struck by yes, that's a great comparison, women to pigs raised for slaughter but also pig balls sound delicious <laughs> i'm gonna make some later tonight so if you'd like my pig ball recipe hit me up on facebook because i have a great one well and we are seeing a lot though of this pig imagery oh, because really? well she was with the pigs in <gasps> the meat truck in the first episode right. in episode three she talks about the little pigs mm. i don't think she talked about any pigs in the second episode oh good and then in this one, she's talking about the pigs. Well, and the thing about pigs is, and I don't know if this will make you sad since you're about to eat pork, but pigs are some of the most intelligent mammals. And, you know, it's one of the many things that animal rights activists harp on is that, like, these are hyper intelligent animals that are very perceptive and they understand and feel what we I do know, to them. I know. I'm sorry. I love pork i'm so sorry i don't eat that much pork so i feel fine i'm a meat monster kelly i only eat dumb animals <laughs> you know like cows, a scallop cows chicken scallops men uh, <laughs> then now i think something they're really trying to hammer home this season is sort of the 
identity of your name versus the name that you're given. Or as I said, June versus Offred celebrity deathmatch. This is an interesting arc because June begins this episode so defiant. Yeah. And, you know, we Winds know where up she... in a horrifying place. It's really sort of the opposite trajectory from season one, where she begins very meek and becomes defiant. And this is sort of everything coming back to point A in this one. And so she's defiant with her name, June. And Aunt Lydia says, very icily, June will be executed yeah. at the end of this. So, you know, we can take that to mean what I probably think it means is <laughs> literal execution mm-hmm. or it'll get her real identity gets so beaten out of her that she's not an individual anymore. Yeah, I mean, Probably I think, both at the same time, to but be honest. I think they've already done most of the second thing. What I did like here, I loved Aunt Lydia bringing in the red dress because Oof. she's wearing other clothes right now and being like, oh yeah, like you think you're hot shit? Well, I got this dress here and we're going to kill you. So the dress, she almost makes the dress like advance on her. Yeah. Like a person stalking her. It's great. Oh, it's so good. It's so stinking good. This damn show is so good. Um, And she does say that the commander and Serena Joy have graciously invited her back into their home. Mm -hmm. Like she's a house guest who like pooted on the floor. (laughs) And I told you I was sorry. It was one time. I had a lot of flax. I do have a question here, though, which is if pregnant handmaids have to do the ceremony, I feel like no, because, you know, the point of the ceremony is over. I would bet pregnant pregnant handmaids don't have to do the ceremony. Because I would think, I think, honestly, I think it would be, I picture a pregnant handmaid in the house to be a very, like, Queen Victoria situation where they're, like, walking her down the stairs Mm -hmm. and, like really careful with her and i feel like sex when you're pregnant if you're so worried about not losing the baby would be you know verboten i mean there's varying theories on that right like Um, my mom said that's how you get dimples ew (laughs) Uh, my mom didn't say that charlotte from sex in the city said that i think look all of this is no (laughs) uh at any rate uh yeah so i think to answer your question i bet they don't so we see aunt lydia is in the van with offred has m dowd won to ask won an emmy for this yet yeah oh she needs yeah. to sure acting is just on point the way that she switches attitudes in such a way that i think with a lesser actor it would look really cartoony and fake but she just does it now I'm dime. feeling. Did she? I feel like she did. I think maybe she did too. But she I don't watch award shows now seven. anymore because it brings back sad memories of drinking two bottles of rosé by myself. Oh, baby. <laughs> and also my sad memory that I can't do that anymore. So oh, it's sorry. not that sad. It's fine. I wish they would make sidebar. I wish they would make like rosé kombucha. I don't know what would happen. They have with that. actually. I drink from Raw Juicery has a press juice called Melon Rosé, and it's like watermelon and actual rose flavor girl i want that it's the i have a shitload in my fridge oh my god um okay i'm like i'll let you try it but it's seven dollars a bottle i know and you're allowed to drink no so (laughs) don't you worry don't you worry um we gotta move on we go we as soon as we go to the waterford's house we are hit in the face with flower imagery uh, yes again and and again sorry i didn't finish this i thought maybe this was a flashback oh i'm so sorry to Offred being assigned to the house oh. and it wound up not because i don't think there's any flashbacks in this episode i think it's all yes there are are there 
Uh, oh, right. Sorry. There weren't any flashbacks uh, that I cared about. Oh, shots fired. I pew, pew, pew. I 100% agree with you. I thought these flashbacks were so boo-boo. Oh, my God. We'll and get so it. fucking pointless. We got to wait for it. Yeah. Okay. It's I I'm a billion percent on your side. I will Aaron Burr this, <laughs> but I'm a I'm a yell the way that Luke yells at a boy. OK, anyway, 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 <laughs> that's funny that you thought there was a flashback. I think that's really interesting. Well, but You're I starting mean, to get I on feel the- like you never know. And I, know. I don't think they necessarily have a t- although have they flashed back to anybody's life that's not in the red center in Gilead? Um. I want to say no. I think they haven't. Because that would be really confusing. It would be so confusing. But I'm just like, I'm like tensed for flashbacks now. Well, welcome to my world. (laughs) Did you do a lot of acid in college? No. I mean, close. I've been watching Westworld. So I'm like very concerned with everybody's timeline. Speaking of (laughs) boo-boo. So this is great because we get immediate nod to the idea that the Waterfords have this sort of narrative that they're telling people that June was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Pardon me, Alfred was kidnapped. And so once again, as soon as Joseph Fiennes walked into the room and also I love the fire effects in here. Yeah. There's a lot of fire imagery this season too. So let's pay attention yes. to where fire shows up and how it's being used. And let's also use this opportunity to remind our listeners to listen to Hellfire from the musical <laughs> Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hellfire, dark fire. Now, Gypsy, it's your turn. Oh, so good. It's so good. So good. So think about that, too, just for fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're into that. But yes, I will keep an eye on fire imagery because it comes back again at the end of this episode, too. But the second that Joseph Fiennes came in, my entire vagina just receded into my body my clitoris went on vacation and my yeah my whole body just went like and that's what i write in my notes is just in all capital notes because again get a tailor and what is going on with your hair he's just so unctuous i feel like he's also lost weight this season because he looks especially like spindly yeah well they probably dock your rations when your handmaid runs away And Nick's been stealing his coffee. Yeah. He's going through withdrawals. Oof. That's rough. I feel that. So as soon as they said, we're so glad you've been rescued from your kidnapper, I put a dash and wrote, aw, <laughs> the Econo family's going to die, huh? Oh. And they do. Uh, so she was gone. Serena Joy, my queen. Okay, but I, because when she, because she doesn't say anything in the sitting room. She just comes in, and all I could think of was Yvonne at Paley Fest saying, Serena's pissed. (laughs) Oh, Serena, Serena's pissed. Serena's pissed. Yvonne Strahovski is an angel among us, and she does not get enough credit. I need her to win all the awards. And I, you know, it's funny that you're reminded of that. She's the Eliza Hamilton of this show because Eliza is such a key role in that show, but it's not as showy as Angelica or any of the handful of male roles. And she doesn't give enough, get enough credit for all the credit that she gave us. (laughs) I agree with you. I think that's an apt comparison. And the thing about Serena Joy, I keep thinking of is I watched, I I think it was an interview with Bruce Miller and he's talking about scenes that were interesting to 
to uh, watch acted. And he talks about the one in season one where Serena pushes June on the floor and yells at her. And mm-hmm. he goes, she comes at her like a linebacker. And mm-hmm. she does it again here. And her mm-hmm. physicality is so like, it's so interesting to see such a beautiful, like graceful woman channel that grace into this brutality that is just... She's so gives violent. Gives me shivers. I wonder if she played a contact sport when she was at Bible college. She gives me a real field hockey vibe. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Like Regina George yes. and the enemy girls. Ooh. But also I'm like, how did her violent capacity, did it manifest pre-Gilead? If yeah. it did, how did it? Also, is she going to hit this kid? I don't. I feel like no, but I feel like she will hit other people. Yeah. Because anyway, we're not. If I could have a wish from this is I want to see it. Now I want to see what you're talking about is like pre Gilead Serena, this violent, like, is she the girl that like people don't like in sororities? Cause she gets drunk and she throws fists, right? Like I want to see that. Cause I think this character is so beautiful. And I have to say like, I know Serena joy is a bad person, but ooh, did I want to lay my hands on the man in the official Handmaid's Tale discussion group who called her the C word? I, did I, anybody comment on that? Because no, I didn't see it until yesterday. Several people liked it. I saw that too. And I just think it's so inappropriate given the MO of this show <sighs> is, you know, even these monstrous people, mm-hmm. you know, they manage and I think it's a real amazing hat trick they humanize mm-hmm. these people without mm. excusing them oh my god you said that beautifully that is like, so true because i think that's the problem with a lot of shows look at you hbo um <laughs> where these monstrous people are humanized and then somehow excuse like with the example of westworld the man with the black hat or whatever the fuck his name is i think it's that and yeah but like yeah. and i won't spoil but it's just like I'm like, oh, am I supposed to be okay with this guy? Yeah. Just knowing everything mm-hmm. that I know about what he's done. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not fine with it. And part of the reason that I have no interest in it is because of things. No, that's incredibly things redacted. Valid. That's incredibly valid. I totally agree with you on that. And I think that that's why, that's why I love this character. Because when we were reading the book, I mean, I feel like we had a way less charitable interpretation. Well, of and she's Joy. very much more. I won't say she's one dimensional, but she's two dimensional in the book. Yeah. And they've brought her into relief on the show. Who they did. And so- again, and you said this on that self same post in the maids group, which is that Serena Joy being about the same age as June. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah, so Serena Joy is my queen. I know she's a bad person, but if you come for her, I swear to God, I will take off my earrings and beat you. I, I'm so I'm still mad days after. You're allowed to be mad. I'm Feel mad. your feelings. Mr. Rogers said it was fine. Thank you so and he much. might be the only good person that ever lived. I'm inclined to believe that. Uh, also, I want to say this because I was thinking, because Aunt Lydia's there. Yeah. And she'll be here throughout this episode, like, <laughs> kind of like, okay, like, I'm making sure things are okay. And I just feel like all the other aunts, like, sit back at the Red Center, like, smoking contraband cigarettes <laughs> and being like, Lydia gets all the fun handmaids. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> my handmaid is, like, so docile, and Lydia's handmaid is, like, a handful, and it looks so stinking fun. <laughs> oh, pass me a Marlboro, Aunt Miranda. I am pissed. <laughs> Uh-oh, um, here comes Aunt Cholula. Oh, Aunt Cholula. <laughs> Sorry, Aunt Cholula. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. This is great. I wrote smiling, choking face Emmy because they are like, so Serena Joy straight up. She's choking her. Oh, and I feel like she snuck into the commander's laptop and used the internet and was like, how long can you choke a pregnant person before you which, are defeated? Which was weird because he had already Googled that. So <laughs> it populated so quickly. But yeah. she just, the way that she spits <sighs> 92 days. Oh, oh my God. Yvonne Strahovski. Oh God, I love you so much. I'm so sorry. Your dog just died. I feel, you know what? I, oh, did her dog die? Yeah, I'm sorry. Her dog Chazzy just died. I'm oh sorry. my God. We're anyway. so sorry. This is going to come out several weeks into the grieving process. He will but... not come back to life. No, I know he won't. Oh my God. Don't say that. I saw the Lazarus effect. It's very upsetting. Oh geez. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, we're moving on, but you're right. And the way she chokes her, but also Elizabeth Moss smiles at her. Elizabeth Moss in this episode serves some very like Grinch who stole Christmas realness. <laughs> Because you can see her whole face changes, and it reminds me of that that part in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the his his, his smile, smile and then his, his little hairs mm-hmm. turn. Yeah, I can't unsee that when I see Elizabeth Moss's great acting. But like she's smiling, choking, and she's like, "You're gonna hurt the baby." It's so good. Because before Serena came in, she was looking out at Nick's apartment. Yeah. And there were a lot of leaves on the stairs. So I was like, are they trying to indicate that he's just like not around oh. or what's the deal? He's just windy. <laughs> it was very windy. That was why the fire was being all crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their house is so beautiful. I thought they were using flu powder. <laughs> <laughs> you fired. <laughs> no flu for you. <laughs> so um, as Serena walks away, Offred throws back at her. Serena, and we can tell when she's being June versus being Offred because Offred calls her Mrs. Waterford and June calls her good Serena. Yeah. Look at you. Listen, I learned a lot about critical thinking from my personal hero, Molly Sanchez. (laughs) That's so nice of you. You know what? Every time you throw a compliment, I'm always like, who is she talking about? And it's me. And it makes me Yeah, there's nobody else here. I love it. Um, thank you. She says to her, as long as my baby's safe, so is yours. Now, I this didn't quite work for me because I was like, I think you need to think this through because you don't know. Your baby could be dead already. Like Hannah could be gone. I know. I wouldn't I also, be so flippant. Here's a world building question. Why on earth keep the children that you remove from a handmaid in the same district? <laughs> Great like, idea. Put her, put her in, you know, California Gilead. I totally agree with you. I think that is a dumb idea. California Gilead. It doesn't quite work. Um, My apologies to Snoop Dogg. I, I agree with you though. That's poor planning on their part. I mean, I guess like there's potentially like a like a child psychology rationale for it around right. like oh keep them in a familiar place, but it's like you already took their parents. Like I don't think that's, that's the it. number one thing. I think it's more of a convenience for the show thing. The thing I think too though that Serena Joy maybe knows is that I just can't Serena Serena <laughs> Serena peace. Serena's pissed. The thing I think she maybe knows, too, is that at this point, I just have a hard time imagining June causing a miscarriage in herself. Yeah. Well, and I'm just like, what do you... I mean, I don't... Maybe there's an interpretation here, but it just like... I'm like, she was the one who was choking you. Like, she 
doesn't care about stuff anymore. Well, I don't think that's true because I think obviously she clearly cares about this baby. But I'm saying that like I think she is safer than she thinks because I I don't think that June would do anything to harm this baby. I don't either. Knowing June, that it's a love child between her yeah. and Nick. And June's already like hella bonded with this baby. That's what I'm they saying. They did Rocky together. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and once you do Rocky with somebody, you never yeah, go back. Especially Baki. a fetus because it's, you know, Rocky goes directly into their bloodstream. The next note I wrote is Serena Joy is flower goals, which she is. <laughs> This is great. So the next scene is Aunt Lydia making June a uh, like a you skipped a skein a skein you skipped a skein of her taking a bath. (gasps) Okay. Because that was when she was sent upstairs. Aunt Lydia was like, listen, she needs a bath. She needs some rest. Right. Oh, God, I have. So she's in the bathtub scene. and the electricity goes out because of Chekhov's windstorm that we saw earlier. So she's in the bathtub and Aunt Lydia comes in Oof. and like she gives her a candle. And I'm like, are you seriously leaving an open flame with this incredibly defiant pregnant person who hates everyone in this house bad idea well she doesn't hate rita and she doesn't hate nick but like right she's not thrilled i just it's, but if you're so scared that you have to take the mirror off for fear that they'll break it and yeah kill themselves it just seems reckless to leave a candle there but she is supervising but i thought she left she's in there no oh, did she stay don't you remember the real awkward part no apparently not well, in this scene... I know she was bath-splaining her that she can't stay in when the water is, like, too hot or too cold. She was bath-splaining her, but then she goes, make sure you wash yourself. And we're like, okay, ha, 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 wash yourself. And then she goes, wash everywhere. Ew! June, get this. Oh, right, right, right. June makes sustained, salacious eye contact with her while washing her vagine. And Aunt Lydia, don't look away. So I think we're supposed to get something from that. And I think this is the tip off to that thing and that weird thing Aunt Dowd said a long time ago where she's like, I feel like Aunt Lydia was a headmistress of a girl's school with all of the promiscuity therein. And we're like, well, what girl's school did you go to? But I think this is showing us that maybe Aunt Lydia... Um, that's for uh, the lesbian team. I've always assumed, even from the book, I've always assumed. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I think this was June attempting to either like flaunt her sexuality, deliberately make her uncomfortable, whatever. But it was a weird scene to watch. It was weird. We could move on. Okay. Let's to this move next on. scene. Aunt Lady is still there in the morning and Rita brings the new dress. Not only the new dress, she's brought the bundle of letters that Mayday sent to June. Mm-hmm. And June is a little bit getting, not above her, but she's just like, hey, you need to calm down. And Rita does put her in her place because, like, June is like, somebody is supposed to contact you. And Rita's like, you don't know what it's been like. Get rid of these. I know. And she has the attitude, I wish that the Econo wife would have had with the Econo husband like more forcefully, but like, no way. Get yeah. this bitch out of here. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's easier in a sense, though, for Rita, because presumably the Econo wife wants to stay married to her Econo husband, whereas yeah. Rita is she's not a free agent in the sense right. that anyone is free, but she is alone operator she doesn't have to worry about a household her son is already gone yeah but at the same time she's just like i'm not trying to fuck around with these people there's no need yeah i agree uh the next scene is aunt lydia making a smoothie and this speaks to either the darkness of our tv screen or the unhealthiness of our house that my man master mitch saw her pouring the green smoothie into 
a glass and goes, ooh, what's in that water? What? (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, it's a smoothie. Is Mitchell one of those guys who doesn't like vegetables? He likes vegetables, but I don't think that he would drink them. I have just, I have found like a lot of guys are bizarrely into adulthood, very anti-vegetable. It's so weird. It's so weird because vegetables are amazing. He's mostly pro-vegetable, but I think that like, not in the blended sense, which mm. is upsetting because I can love be, a yeah, blended one. Well, look, that's I'm, how you sneak more vegetables. That's how you sneak. That's how. That's why I make my giant ass pots of soup mm. and freeze it. Because then when I run out of salad greens, yes, I got salad greens in a it. soup. Well, we'll outlive them, Kel. We'll outlive them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is excellent because she makes her drink the smoothie, and then Nick comes in, uh-huh. and Alfred just stares at him all creepy. Oh and I'm like, God, bitch, why are you so anti self preservation? Y'all too brazen. Because she's not like she wants to survive. She wants to live. She wants to have this baby. Can you not? Like, you know that they've told the outside world that you were kidnapped. Can you not at least, like, not that she needs to respect Serena or the commander, but it's like, respect the danger you're in and don't be like this. Because as far as we know, Aunt Lydia does not know that the commander's quote unquote child is Nick's. Well, yeah. And it's so, I think from a writing perspective, they're trying to get all their yayas out with like brazen June Mm -hmm. before the end of this episode. And so they make her super oogly at him just to get it out of her system Uh and to make the contrast of the end of the episode so stark. I mean, yeah, but that's still lazy to me. (laughs) I agree. Like that's like, we get it. Like she's been hella defiant. I so agree. She's going to keep being hella defiant. This was terrible. <laughs> As, <laughs> so she dr- drinks a huge gulp of the drink. Serena leaves and then she vomits. Uh, yeah. And this is like, she's probably, if it's been 92 days, she's in her second trimester at this point. Mm-hmm. But this is like first trimester realness oh, where really? like you try to do anything and you're like, Bleh! whoopsie. And I wrote here that she looks like, bad seed Alfred. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, the really old oh, yeah. one. Give me them shoes, Leroy. Yes. And then also this whole thing feels so like VC Andrews flowers in the attic where I was like, there are literally flowers in the attic. Yes. And they put powdered sugar in that smoothie. Uh, <laughs> My mom but, didn't I mean, let just, me read it. So I only get like a few of these references. But. Yeah. Oh, you should watch the movie. The and movie June is, fucks her brother. Yeah. Well, what, you know, what is Nick? He's Alfred's brother, her brother. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> My next note is, oh, Jesus, it's a baby shower. So we knew (laughs) that, like, because Aunt Lady was making reference to, like, oh, they're setting up for this party. I'm like, what the fuck? Could they not have waited a couple of fucking days? Oh, our handmaid just came back from running away slash being kidnapped, depending who you're talking to. And the whole dynamic of the house is all fucked up. Let's invite everyone in the neighborhood over. Pop them bottles. Oh, my fucking God. It does seem like very poor timing. And everybody is not feeling it. Like compared it's- to the baby shower that we saw in season one for Janine. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of shit has happened. 
Right. Well, especially, honestly, it seems like a poor move on the Waterford's part, knowing that June is so defiant. It's like, I wouldn't bring company around if my like, no, dog like, was acting up. No, you would think up. that Aunt Lydia would be like, listen, you know, I've seen this before. You need to allow right. a little bit of time to pass for mm-hmm. a new routine to be nope. established. And I mean, I, again, we don't see this. I'm assuming it's just like Serena. Serena's pissed. <laughs> and she wants to demonstrate to the neighborhood. Yeah. That she's back in control. Yeah. Plus, I already ordered that huge giraffe. So <laughs> it was going to be here. Might as well have a party. This is the most fun we've ever had. <laughs> really? Maybe. We'll it really see. is. Beach jobs. <laughs> as soon the second I am pregnant, I'm going to buy a big giraffe because that is the cutest, funnest toy ever. <laughs> I have seen it. Chrissy Teigen has one. Chloe Kardashian has one. And now Serena Joy, who is the same as those two people. I am so excited to have a baby shower for you. Oh, girl. Um, it's going to be Game of Thrones themed. Oh, you're probably going to get several. <laughs> I mean, not all from, but you know. Awesome. I'm excited. I'm I can, not pregnant. I'll do but. your comedian shower. Awesome. I'll see you in five years, baby. Great. great. I hope I'm still alive. <laughs> you will uh, be. I don't know. Look, anything can happen. Okay, I hope you're safe. If I learned nothing from prestige television, (laughs) it's that no one is safe. (laughs) Well, her baby shower is interesting. And bum, 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 bum. Mrs. Putnam is still there. We were worried about that. So she's here. And this, my favorite part of this is that the Marthas are barely even hiding the fact (laughs) that they're swiping booze from the glasses of their mistresses like one is poor like one has the bottle and the other one is like handing glasses and Rita's just like glug 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 baby I know they're (laughs) serving real like me when I was 10 year old at parties realness when they're just like (laughs) swigging right in front of people yeah everybody's real brazen and Mrs. Putnam is still a real pill because she has to make a whole big fucking deal that she brought this wagon and it's like this always annoys me when people come to a baby shower and they bring like two to three year old child presents oh yeah because it's like that baby can't be in that wagon for a good little while yeah that's probably like 10 months like if they're putting the baby in the wagon just put a baby in a wagon but anyway i there were many toys here that a newborn would well i mean look newborns can't do anything except poop and eat from your boob but Yeah, and there was noticeably no diaper cakes. So how real are those friends? Right? Like, they weren't even playing stupid games. Oh, my God. I would lose my goddamn mind. Nobody if- was trying to drop a, a diaper pin into a milk bottle, both of which aren't things that people use now. Here's a real nasty one that my family loves to play. Oh. is the one where you put the candy bar in the diaper and you have to uh, see which candy yeah, bar it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is horrific. And the Sanchez family fucking loves that game. I don't know why it's the grossest game in the entire world. But shout out to all the Sanchez ladies who have had to play that. So everybody's sort of, you know, tut-tutting about the kidnapping and like, oh, it's so scary and everything's terrifying. Blah, 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 blah. And they are talking about, I forget if it's Mrs. Putnam, but like all the wives are talking about these babies as if they are babies that they themselves carried and saying, I didn't think it was real until I felt the baby kick. And Serena says, oh, it's too early for that. And Offred has just like, if Offred could have a 40 in a paper bag, (laughs) she absolutely would. She is just like sitting over in the corner, not having a good time. And Aunt Lydia's, you know, and Aunt Lydia actually is being very like kind, you know, please understand everybody that when I say anything about Aunt Lydia being kind or solicitous as I'm about to, like, I don't mean it. Like she is behaving 
as if. Right. Well, like the way that an abuser would. Yeah. So she's being, she's like, oh, you know, do you need to lie down? Do you want anything to drink? You know, being very like, you know, hey, it's your birthday. (laughs) It's not her birthday. It's not her birthday. But so she just tosses off from the corner of the room. She's like, oh, I felt the baby kick last night. Pew, pew, pew. (laughs) And like everybody in the room, if they were playing Nick's record player, the record would absolutely go, and just everybody's like, uh, we don't, there's, there's nothing in the rule book about what to do when this happens. Totally. And Ugh. just, oh, it's so awkward. And like Serena is so angry, but of course she can't do anything because she has to save face in front of all of her friends. This kind of makes me think that maybe it's Gilead that made Serena into the violent person that she is because of how many things she has to hold mm-hmm. inside. Well, if you can't express, you can't even read. Like, oh, no, you that, can't read. You can't that would write. Be so you can't horrible. Rap. Reading is such a soothing activity for me yeah. to be barred. For, like, and it, what do you, what do you even do with your spare time? Knit. I, uh, I mean, they I do, do knit know. a lot. Garden. Uh, cut off roses to make a point. <laughs> uh, the next one. <laughs> is very jarringly the uh the shooting range and i wrote lol a bunch of guys out in a field shooting blanks <laughs> because of course it's the commanders yeah and they're having a downton abbey themed man baby shower <laughs> it's very important for have a man baby shower. yes well but there's only five guys here so i guess and you're not- gonna start a burger chain damn it and <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, baby. Best fries in the game. I'm going to say oh, it right God. now. You know what? Somebody posted on Facebook the other day. There was this place in Oakland called Quickway that was like a little sort of like not a drive in, but it was sort of like that kind of style, like very like American graffiti. Ooh. And they had the best fries and they closed oh. and got taken over by the Lake Merritt Bakery, which is trash. Shots fired. <laughs> And anyway, I was just really sad because they also had a really good chicken Caesar salad, which you wouldn't expect from a like burger, like little joint. But it was like, you know, it was like shakes and burgers oh and gosh. fries. R.I.P. Oh, it was so good. So it's the commanders. And again, we see the Mr. Putnam, who I'm even more surprised to see. Oh, that's who that was? That's who that guy I was. I forgot what he looked like. That's why they were making such a big point of like, sure, of course you are invited, bud. Oh, right. Okay. So this whole scene, I felt like I was not totally like I got that the commander is trying to get added to this envoy to Canada. Right. And everybody's a little bit leery of him because of the recent upheavals in his household, which is why I think they're making an effort to like really include the Putnams because they're like, hey, man, this this happened to you too. Yeah, it can happen to anybody. So, like, let's stick together. Yeah. So he's trying. You're right. He's trying to get in the envoy to Canada. So I think it's the same deal that they've been trying to negotiate with Mexico. Ah. I'm assuming where they are. I would say either like they're importing handmaids to Canada and or they're going to force extradition of the refugees. I honestly think it's that. That would make more narrative sense since obviously we want to get the Canada people. Oh my God. What if they bring Luke back and he and Offred are allowed to be like Econo people? Uh, That's hilarious. Oh my God. I don't know how fucking way. Yeah. I'm look, man, listen, I'm just spitballing. I think we're going to see things come to a head in Canada in this season. And they're so, they're sowing the seeds. Can we move to the next scene? Yeah. (laughs) So the next scene is Serena smoking on a, she's smoking a Virginia slim 100. (laughs) 
P.S. Serena, Serena, I'm pissed. (laughs) You can do better than that, BB. This is also, I think, a different brand of cigarettes than she smokes in the first season. Her first is might be the same brand, but if she's smoking hundreds now, she's real stressed out. Do you know the difference between a regular cigarette? No, my mom said to say no. (laughs) Well, a hundred is a longer cigarette. It has a longer, I don't know, tube Mm -hmm. uh, filled with tobacco. Okay. Filters the same size, but the note that I wrote here, and mind you, I had about eight hundred milligrams of ibuprofen. To I'm pre-game fascinated this. by people who have a reaction to ibuprofen. I've just been taking it. Look, I just I'm saying this for comedic effect. I'm just a silly, <laughs> no matter what. Thanks I, for blowing up my spot. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, no, but like you're like the second person in my life who's been like, oh, ibuprofen, and I'm like, I don't understand what you're talking about. It didn't. It, it made me feel. A little bit more comfortable. It didn't make me loopy. All right. All right. You happy with me? Look, I'm just, listen, I'm living vicariously through your medical, you know, prescribed okay. drugs. Well, then fine. With all of my full faculties and just a silly Billy head on my shoulders, I wrote, I would kill to see Serena Joy hit a vape pen. I would love to see pre-Gilead Serena Joy hitting a water pipe. <laughs> well, like, why aren't they vaping? Like, Be- I get it. Oh, I know. Look cool? Because vapes are for fucking tools who quit. That's why they're not vaping. <laughs> oh, I got you. They're, look, vaping is bullshit. Yeah. You, like, honestly, I guess, like, yeah. But, like, we really don't know that it's that much safer than quitting smoking. Yeah. Like. And, and it doesn't look. I will say, I aesthetically, I get why they're no, not having Aesthetically, <laughs> vape pens look fucking stupid. They and that terrible. is legitimately why I quit smoking cold turkey. I refuse to touch a vape pen. Yeah. Like, I would smoke weed out of a vape pen. Oh. That I was fine with. Yeah. But, like, cigarettes? No way. No. If, I, if I'm if i smoking for, like, cigarette purposes, I hope I die. Like, <laughs> I don't need your help, vape pens. <laughs> anyway, that was just a dumb thing I wrote down. Uh, I'm sorry that I have such strong opinions about n- smoking. No, I do as well. Um, <laughs> so this is an interesting distinction. Speaking of sort of the theme of this episode being identity. Aunt Lydia says something to the effect that this time is hard for the wives. Mm -hmm. And (gasps) Serena Joy corrects her and said, mother, Mm -hmm. the mothers. Mm -hmm. So she's positioning herself as not apart from this pregnancy. Something that I would question Mm -hmm. with this system, the way everything is set up. I mean, are there really mothers in Gilead anymore? In the way that we understand them? Well, yes. (laughs) I don't think so. Like, I mean, if you're technically, you know, not counting econo people, but it's like if you're giving birth to a child that you can't raise, you're getting a huge part of that identity taken from you. If you're raising a child that you can't create with your body. And that's like not like I'm not throwing shade at like adoption or anything like that. But it's like you've created this entire system specifically to provide yourself with a child and you can't participate like she can't participate in like donating an egg in this case it's not even her husband's sperm yeah i actually don't want to say anything about that because it's getting close to sounding like people who adopt children aren't mothers no i get that there's a difference context because of the system that has been specifically set up that deprives people who do give birth of their children Uh like what does that make you? Right. Um, I feel like mothers exist in Gilead. Mm, I don't. Okay. I think that anybody, I mean, the part that I'm not saying here is that like, yeah, if you take the kid of, 
you know, the person who was raped by your husband and you raise it. Are you that kid's mother is what I think you're asking. Yeah. And so, yeah, that is like it, it. it's so murky. But I think if the wives are raising these kids. But Aunt Lydia clearly doesn't think so. Well, no. Because Aunt Lydia is extremely careful about her language. That's fair. I think Aunt Lydia is having to serve a couple of different masters here because she wants to keep the handmaid in line, but she also, it's her main job and her main joy to bring children into this totally. world. Totally. But so, uh, it is not the opinion of Gilead. If Aunt Lydia is not calling the mm-hmm. wives mothers at this point, mm-hmm. that means that either Aunt Lydia or Gilead doesn't Whoa. consider them to be mothers. That's blowing my mind. That's really interesting. I'm going to cook on that a little yeah. more. That's really interesting. In Gilead, I think there are fathers, but I don't think there are mothers. Ooh, that is very interesting. <laughs> that's that's very uh, astute. This next, is there anything you wanted to say about this scene? Still? Yes, okay. I do like, uh, but I would have punched her right in the fucking non-functional baby maker if she took my cigarette away in this high stress situation well she's like well because she puts it out she says it's bad for the baby so there's all this play acting like the wives are pregnant Mm -hmm. when they're not i don't even think serena joy had a drink at the party probably because she does her drinking off the clock (laughs) and so june then is sitting on the stairs being Mm -hmm. super social (laughs) and alma comes by and she talks to her and Alma's like pretty reticent and she's like what's you know what's going on and she's like uh Mayday's done with handmaids and apparently Offglen the new Offglen her tongue was cut out because she's the one who said Aunt Lydia we can't kill Janine and basically Alma's implication here is that because like June feels bad and she's taking responsibility on for that. But Alma kind of like basically it's it's weird because it's like a double sided thing. Because She's like, well, don't feel bad about that. You didn't make her say anything. Nobody blames you for that. Yeah. Oof. Now. OK, Alma, I get you were all tortured and emotions are running high. Mm hmm. But you didn't have to go along with June when she said she wasn't going to do it. This could have been an isolated situation. Yeah. Unless she's mad at her for doing it when she was pregnant. But like to me, June being pregnant had nothing to do with her defiance in that moment. I think it was like she just was like, I'm not going to like you can't you don't get to have this part of my humanity. Right. Well, you know, consequences like she didn't think it through. Yeah. But it's like, I just don't see how the other handmaids, it's like, if you're like, all you had to do was kill Janine. Yeah. And you couldn't do it either. Yeah. You all decided not to. No, I I hear you. I think they, I understand their resentment, but logically I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and again, you know, and this, I'm upset that she didn't say sorry to Oma. I would have said, I am incredibly sorry i didn't know that was gonna happen Mm -hmm. i'm really really sorry like for as much as that's gonna do but just i wouldn't have apologized oh (laughs) like no like it's really like i don't think that it helps anything to take like like june didn't do any of this to them it's really unfair to expect her to like take on responsibility for this when you know remember who the real enemy is here like not i'm like talking to alma but it's like look Gilead is the enemy, but again, they are so skilled at psychologically manipulating these people because that was the whole point of the torture Mm -hmm. after the fact, Mm -hmm. especially once June wound up having an exemption is like, okay, 
handmade unity we're going to take care of that real lickety split for sure and this is what they were talking about at paley fest about you know mayday is not a pro Ooh. handmaids organization yeah i would really like to see more from mayday because i have mm-hmm. a lot of questions about them and their priorities and and totally and again there's no like, guarantee that if mayday came into power they might be like you know what a lot of this is trash but this whole handmade idea we're into it. Yikes. It gives us, you know, if they if they were to overthrow Gilead and have a provisional government, they could be like, oh, you know what? Exporting fertile women, that really helps the GDP. Oof, boy. That's a very good point. I'm also interested to see that. The next scene <laughs> is the scene that we saw. <laughs> it's so creepy. Yeah, the scene that we saw in the trailer for half a second, which is sort of like the wife and the handmade like bonding ceremony almost so everybody has Oof. blue and red leather strips that are like friendship braceleted together i, I in a so mockery of friendship bracelet i also wrote friendship not because there's that game you play at girl scout camp where you try to hold yeah. hands and it was reminiscent of that but and no friendship here bud they basically do a hand fasting ceremony which is fascinating because that's a very pagan yeah, ritual. Will, will you explain that a little bit? Please? So hand fasting, you typically see it in a wedding, mm-hmm. but you know, you get the the bride and groom come together and you, you know, with some meaningful, you know, meaningful either because it's meaningful to them or it's just meaningful because it's being used in this mm-hmm. ceremony, but you tie their hands together and like that symbolizes like you are one person, yeah. one flesh, one team. Mm-hmm. At first I was a little bit like, because it's pagan, but then I remembered that their red center symbol is also pagan. I mean, and you know, religions have always cannibalized other yeah, religions. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting because what I noted here, it's funny that you mentioned the red center symbol because didn't would you feel a hearkening to that when the women are holding their arms mm-hmm. up together? Yeah. Like that's the symbol, baby. Yeah. Like that symbol is from the ceremony or vice versa. Like that's where oh, we get And I that. just realized, I thought that there was a baby shower in the first season, but there was, it, that was the birth. It was the birth. Yeah. Did we? That's okay. Sorry, everybody. That's okay. Real time corrections on <laughs> red all over. Slightly before this, Alfred says the quote that I like from the book with like being ignorant is not the same as ignoring. Mm-hmm. I wish I was ignorant instead of seeing all these things and not being able to do mm-hmm. anything about it. That's something to be thinking about. And so part of the ceremony involves June and Serena Joy kneeling in the center and holding hands. And they do some kind of... I think of, June kneels and Serena Joy is oh, still standing up pardon straight. Me, pardon me. And just, they, it's just a status thing. They recite part from, I believe, Matthew 1914, which has the repeated refrain, let the little children come to mm-hmm. me. Now, do you know the context of this? Because I was looking at it very briefly and it seems to be like... Jesus uh, was preaching. Right. And people were trying to bring these kids to mm-hmm. see Jesus. Right. Because there wasn't TV. <laughs> and the... <laughs> to tell them what they wanted for Christmas. The yeah. apostles were like, keep these kids away from Jesus. And Jesus uh, was like, what the fuck? I love kids. Let them come. Come here. He's like, the kingdom of heaven is for them too. Okay. Thank yeah. you. That's cool. That's interesting. I know stuff about the Bible. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting is this whole ceremony is like, let the little children come to me. Because I obviously- think it's weird that they're letting a woman say what Jesus said. Ooh, <laughs> that is interesting. I just, that was the other thing beyond the pagan thing where I was just like, why are you being Jesus in this Ooh, sense? Because, that's so interesting. Well, and you know, uh, 
like, is it a prayer? Is it like you're, you know, obviously she's not like literally asking permission, but like within this ritual, like asking the handmaid, like mm. let your children come. It was weird. I thought it was really weird that they chose this New Testament idea that doesn't have a clear analog to what they're doing because the ceremony is the Old Testament thing. But it's just like, why? Why this? This is so fascinating. I feel like there might have been better. Mm. I think maybe well, you, you, you could have done some stuff from like. Elizabeth and Mary and the Annunciation mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, but I don't know. So it's just I, I yeah. don't like. I'm not like you know mad about. It. I'm just like I think it's weird that this is the one that they chose and that the sort of roles are breaking down this way. That's a good point. Something else to note. I mean, also to be fair, they don't let a lot of women talk in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is funny. Something interesting to note here too is that any other time that we've seen Bible being used in the Waterford's house, it's a man reading from the Bible. And since women can't read in this world, it's all of this very like oral history, yeah. like chanting. Reviving the oral tradition, baby. Yeah. So it's interesting. The male relationship with the Bible is very didactic and mm-hmm. very like physical, whereas the women's relationship with the Bible is via passed along chanting. Just yeah. Well, and interesting. In I believe it's the book of John, like God is described as the word. Mm. and like the living word lord hear our prayers yeah they are the living word (laughs) in this context so interesting then we get the dumbest scene okay all right i just want to say at a high level Mm -hmm. this was so fucking basic who asked for this literally no one asked for this no one they're like, oh, if, you want face butter? Hmm. Let's introduce you to Luke's ex-wife. If Bye. you want to do this, make it not the most fucking basic shit of all time. Also, this was like straight out of a rejected Tyler Perry script. I'm just going to say this, too. I think in the previous episode, the Econo wife was white. She looked white to me. She might have been she, she was not white. white. You're fine. She was white. But like, is does nobody on this show know like the fraughtness of black men being with white women and then to add like insult to injury here where you're having Luke leave his black wife for this extremely white woman. I'm doing prayer hands here. Again, I like was thinking the I'm same a thing. white woman. Mm-hmm. I don't, re- you know, I don't like have, you know, it's not, it's not my issue apart right. from like, don't be, a fucking cliche and a stereotype. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't have a problem with interracial relationships, love who you love, but if you, if you are purporting that you're paying attention to these kind of issues, Mm -hmm. like think about what you're doing here. I know. Honestly, I can smell the, and honestly, I'm so sorry. You're having this black woman go confront a white woman at fucking yoga. And at no point, does the black woman say anything about her being white? <laughs> like, cause she's angry. She calls yeah. her a fucking whore at the end of this. I think they're the misstep that they make here is trying to be so like, Oh, color doesn't matter that they just flat out ignore it. But that's not, again, ignorance isn't the same as ignoring. Exactly. And they're not ignorant of this and they choose to ignore yeah. it. So I agree with you wholeheartedly that making, especially because it so reinforces this like angry black woman stereotype. And when Luke yells at her, mm-hmm. it's like, 
ooh, he is every well, because, bad no, and that's the other husband. Side, in that yeah, because it's like you know. Uh, okay. Anyway, I, know. I really wish that they had taken that into consideration. I don't think it's. I don't know. I just think that we're gonna hear blowback from this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's gonna be and it sucks. something and. They have had plenty of opportunities for this to be a non-issue. Totally. And I can see, listen. And honestly, I don't know that people would, like, A, I think if Luke's wife, if his first wife is black, I think you have to address the racial component. B, though, you could have made that Econo wife black. Yeah. Especially, like, if they are practicing Muslims. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, she could convert or something like that. But it's like, but it's like this... That wouldn't be as much of a problem if they addressed it here. Yeah, I actually, like I clocked it in the first, you know, when that was shown, I was like, okay. But I was just like, oh, it's kind of weird that like all of these couples are a black guy and a white woman. That's interesting. I, I see that. I'm not sure that I equate the Econo couple to this. I don't equate it, but it is on the same. It's the same ignorance that we see here. No, I'm not sure I buy that, actually. What do you mean? I think that the dynamic with the Econo couple is so different from this one that I think, I mean, I don't have a problem with it being that way. Whereas with- I don't have a problem with them being a mixed race couple, mm-hmm. but it's the exact same oh, as I Luke and June, but they did nothing okay. about Luke okay. and June. You know what I'm saying? No, no, it's no, like, no. I get it now. It, Because it's like, I would be a little bit more charitable on their, like, quote unquote, colorblindness Mm -hmm. in this episode had that not already been the case. You see what I'm saying? They're They're just like, oh, yeah, black man, white woman, black man, white woman. Bada boom. And it's like, is this going to be every couple that we meet? There we go. Is this the only way that you think interracial relationships work? That's so And it's like, because again, it's like, okay, like you could have had a Latino. You could have had a role for a Latino in that relationship. You could have had an Asian, like totally. And and I notice, I see fingerprints of this all over this season. They're trying so hard to include more people of color, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm a little like, cool, you include people of color just to like torture them. Fine, yeah. Um, but which is everybody gets tortured in the show, so it's okay. But you're right. It, there was a little bit of ignorance here yeah. with the way they handled Anna. And Anna- and also, can I just say, kind of fucked up that you name your kid Hannah when your ex wife is named Anna. It's actually Annie. Annie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like tomorrow, tomorrow. Oh, you're right. I did write Annie and Anna. And okay. So I did write, oh shit. Cause I wasn't expecting this to come up in this episode, despite the name other women. And <laughs> Annie says to June that you can't just do things to ruin people's lives without caring. And I was like, hold on. Excuse. Yes, you absolutely can. I have done them so many times it's been done to me like you can't care about everybody right I and agree. june does the absolute right thing here which is like listen you need to talk to luke yeah because that is totally like listen yeah people always want to get mad at the other woman uh-huh. or you know the other person uh-huh. in mm-hmm. an adulterous situation but it's like you know what mm-hmm. you don't know them yeah it is not your right to confront them in my I opinion totally agree i think it's totally inappropriate Yep. I mean, granted, it is also the risk you take if you're the third wheel, like that this is going to happen to you. But so I think what this whole arc is supposed to establish is that, ooh, look, June was the other woman, and now she's the other woman in the Commander Uh and Serena Joy's relationship. Get it? And it's kind of like, well, again, there's no consent in 
the relationship that mm-hmm. she is in right. with Serena and Fred. And Commander, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And also, like, then Serena's the other woman in her relationship with Nick. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's a lot here. I, but I feel like they're kind of making a tempest out of a teapot here. Oh, well said. I so agree. The next scene is they're packing up from the baby shower. Correct? No. First, I think we get all of the flashback. Oh yeah, in we one get go all because flashback of because Nick June went like when June gets back Luke. to her apartment, Luke is screaming at Annie on speakerphone. It was really uncomfortable, and I'm like, okay, so I guess she texted him, and then he immediately called Annie, and yeah. I'm like, mm, respond, don't react, like don't go off like this. But then he hangs up, and it turns out he was just yelling at her voicemail, which is like Luke. I know you are making such poor choices here. And I was hoping it was going to be that he needed to get that out. Like, so he just had a fake conversation, which yeah. I've done all the time. So but anyway, but like no. June comes in and like June actually does the right thing here. Mm. June, as far as like, you know, being an adulteress goes, June is being really ethical and responsible here. And she's like, listen, do you need to work this out with her? She's like, I don't want to be the reason that you and your right. wife can't make this work. Which is good. It's good practice. But don't you also get a little hint of like, ah, oh, I'm so glad the white lady was here to keep everything calm yeah. and even keeled. Anyway, but like Luke, Luke is like, no, we're going to be together. I don't love her. I love you. Mm-hmm. And you know what I really would have appreciated more in terms of a flashback? Why were Annie and Luke together in the first place? We know because Annie yells at June that she was Luke's first. Right. And it's like, did they get married super young? Is she infertile? Like, I don't what care. are the, I don't really care. But if you were going to tell me anything about them, I don't need to know that she's mad at June. Of course she's mad at June. June stole her husband. Yeah. Like from her perspective. The next scene that we see with them is that they're out at brunch with a baby, which bad move. <laughs> Don't take your babies to brunch, She's people. She's so cute. She this is so cute. So they're so cute. they're there and like, you know, they're just having their, you know, Sunday and Luke's getting a high chair. And June sees Annie is at the same restaurant and Annie is seeing them, you know, as this happy couple with a baby. And again, we know that when Hannah was born, the fertility crisis was bad enough so again, I want more information is like, was yeah. part, I mean, not, they didn't know particularly that June was fertile or not fertile mm-hmm. at this point, but it's like, oh, so not only did you get my husband, you get to have a child at this time right. when it's really hard to have a child. Which is, I think, the point they were trying to to bring. And I guess to sort of like tease it out more, what you were sort of talking about the parallels here, by the laws of Gilead. And I mean, it doesn't quite hold up because they didn't go through the whole ceremony or anything. But like, that's Annie's baby. If you... What? No. Like, if he is the husband and she's the wife and she's infertile and they had a handmaid, like, technically that baby belongs to Annie. This is a bridge too far. I can't can't follow you here. You started it. I did not. How dare you? Oh, geez. We got to move on. There's still a lot left to cover. This episode is so much denser. And I yeah. noticed because like my notes are so much denser. Me too. The first two were much more like action-y. I agree. And that was why like, two, well, and also like I was bored by this flashback. But like there were parts of this where I felt like bored because the previous two had been so like Jason Bourne, you know, <laughs> by this point I was really like into it. And just like you felt this like mounting yeah. tension. Well, I think they even do it via the music too. Uh-huh. I think the music kind of stalks you through mm-hmm. these scenes as well. And now we are at cleaning up from the mm-hmm. baby shower scene. Ooh, boy. Ooh. 
Oh boy. I think the the showrunners knew you were kind of they know when you're tapering off. Yeah. Because they get you. They're like, "Ugh, this was such a bad idea this flashback. We got to we got to get the fireworks to hit go in. Someone go. <laughs> Cuz so uh they're looking at all the presents, cleaning it up. I spot a Sophia the giraffe. Don't think I didn't see that. But- June says very flippantly like, "Oh yeah, after my shower, we ended up giving away half the gifts." Which is clearly a her saying like, yeah, bitch, I'm fertile. What you want to do? I did not get that she meant anything by this. Oh, she meant something by this. I don't think this. that she did. Mm. This whole she's time, still she's still Grinch been, off right at she's, this point. I don't think that she meant, I think she was just super like, she's been kind of spaced out this whole time. Nah. I think she just expressed a thought. Well, and then what happens? And then. Oh my god, it's so gorgeous and so horrible. Serena Joy straight up clocks Rita in the face. I think with a closed fist, it was hard to see. I don't know. I think she straight up punched Rita in the face because she couldn't hit June. And that is, again, this is like the second or third or fourth time this season we see somebody getting hurt because they can't hurt June. Mm -hmm. And it is horrifying and aunt lydia is like okay time out i'm going on a walk walk is good for the baby i'm taking june and serena is pissed oh my god she storms into fred's study he also has a record player in case anybody's keeping score i wrote as punishment you have to listen to records (laughs) (laughs) this is such a fucking doofy twin peaks scene because he's listening to like detective agency noir music (laughs) and the fucking blinds are closed and she comes in and you can just know in his head he was like she was a dame like no other (laughs) and she she goes She's demanding that Offred be sent back to the Red Center. And this was interesting. And I wish that I had really started paying attention to this earlier (laughs) because Fred is calming her down and saying, you deserve this and saying, you're going to be a great mother. There's so many you statements in this episode. We hear Aunt Lydia saying a lot of like imperative you statements Mm -hmm. to June to Serena Joy. Mm -hmm. Fred is saying it here to Serena. Mm -hmm. And it's just a lot of people, again, going back to the narrative of like the kidnapping. Mm -hmm. This is how they Mm -hmm. create and maintain the cover story is being like, no, you are supposed to do this. Mm -hmm. You deserve this. You don't Mm -hmm. deserve this. What I would really love to see. I mean, honestly, the content that I'm not seeing that I would die to see is the manual for how do you deal with uh, when your handmaid is pregnant? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with your household? Like, honestly, if uh, Hulu, if you want to add another corner to your website or the Mayday's website or whatever, publish the, like, manual that yeah, they give. Well, and, like, yeah. so your handmaid's expecting yeah. here. Like, what to expect? Well, that they give to the commanders. I want to see the and commander that apparently, version. I want to see the wife But version. there is no version for the wives. <gasps> Shit, they're right. There's not. Oh, God, yes. Please make this. Which I wonder, is that part of why things are so tense. I mean, they're going to be tense regardless, but there's no more self-help books. And that's a huge self-soothing thing that people do in pregnancy. There's like, holy shit, I'm terrified. Give me what to expect when you're expecting. Or at least Jenny McCarthy's book, which is also supposed to be very good. Yeah. Or WebMD. Or I don't subscribe to anything that Jenny McCarthy does because she's an (laughs) anti-vaxxer. I don't fucks with the anti-vaxxers. Get your children vaccinated for the love of God. Vaccinate them all, please. So yeah, so that was crazy. And he, he's really kind of seems to soothe her and then aunt lydia gives offered a talking to in a van down by the river <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you are R.I.P. Chris Farley. You are such a joy to me. <laughs> I must say. Oh yes. Jesus! And I wasn't sure who this was initially. I knew. I knew. Uh, so we have what I believe is our first significant death of this season which is maddox certainly our first death of a named character well yeah i mean marissa tomei was significant because it's marissa tomei but she was like a one again she was like brought in to die yeah versus this guy wasn't so clearly like you know one and done i guess they didn't go to frish's after church oh yeah that's what i was gonna say it's like do you think they just scooped him up i mean it, it sounds like the commander knew at some point when she left. I think whatever whatever happened was the result of the safe house isn't safe. Yeah. Those people probably got questioned God. and it's possible that they could have gone to their apartment and been like, do you know anything about this? And they'd be like, no, we don't have a Quran under our bed. We've never heard of a handmaid. What's a handmaid? Well, you know what? Now it makes me wonder is because they have that scene when she's in the Econo people's house and there's somebody knocking yeah. on the door. Fuck. Wasn't that person trying to warn them? Like, oh shit, I didn't even think of that. I just thought of it just now. Oh my god. Almost bringing tears to my eyes. Fuck. This is when I cried. This should be, well, we don't know what else is coming, but this is an early candidate for Emmy submission for Ann Dowd because she monologues and June is horrified. And again, this is an interesting parallel, even though I have my issues with like the way that people, the characters are reacting to like, blaming june for this but it's the same thing where aunt lydia is like you chose for them such a selfish girl and then she's like june did this but guess what you don't have to be june anymore you can be off red you can be submissive you can be compliant and the implication is no one else has to die because of you this is the one that is a hundred percent june's fault and then kelly clarkson comes out and she's like because of you i'm I'm afraid to walk on the sidewalk or whatever. I yes. don't know. Look, if Absolutely. it's if it's not since you've been gone, I or Miss Independent, I oh, don't know the words. Since you've been gone is so good. And honestly, I was so upset at this point because like June, 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 just stay in the fucking warehouse another day. Like, why did she have to go in that car with the Econo person? Why'd you have to No, oh that warehouse. I was like, wait, that's what I was talking about. Because she was tired of waiting. I know. It's just her impatience is yeah. her downfall. Yeah. Patience is a virtue, people. So but this is interesting because the world building I most appreciate in this season is the Econo people world building. Mm-hmm. Is they're saying like boop, once he got in trouble, we killed the man. We sent the woman to be a handmaid. And then we which, sent the boy to be with another family. It's not funny. Like, haha, But she was so judgy. Yeah. That this is kind of an appropriate punishment for her. She's like, oh, you think handmaids like are so great? Or like you are like, not that she was envious, but just like, oh, guess what? All those hard choices that you were judging June for having to make. Surprise. It makes me want to cry. It's so bad. But yeah, kudos to them for really building out what happens to the Econo people. But fuck. yeah, and I mean, oh. Econo people, I want to know the etymology of it. Please. Is it Econo people because they are so dispensable? Ooh. Like, I also want Or is it that they're supposed to be thrifty? <laughs> Econo people, know. coupons. <laughs> I also want to know what, like, what does their daily life look like and how much freedom do they actually have? Because from the little bit that we saw, like, unless you're harboring a handmaid, uh, being an Econo person doesn't look so bad. No. Anyway, yeah. June goes back to the house and she's taking off her clothes, Ugh. I think. I don't know. 
but I re- listen. I know this is tacky, like, and we make fun of people for doing like a Handmaid's Tale like line of clothing. Oh boy, I want those boots though. The handmade boots are so cool. Listen, gang, and functional. It's not that we were mad at them for making Handmaid's clothing. It was that we were mad at them for making Handmaid's lingerie. Well, yeah, no, no, no. But I also think like nobody like ugh, like don't like sell like the Handmaid's Tale collection of like capes and dresses. Like that's creepy unless you're explicitly marketing them as. Halloween costumes right. or like for cosplay. Yeah. But like, it's a touchy But subject. like having like, oh, the hot topic handmaid's tale inspired bullshit. Yeah. So Offred goes down and she's in the, the sitting room again with everybody and she apologizes and asks to stay. She says, please let me try to be good. She's saying that she's grateful to everyone in the room. She's supposed to be specifically saying it to the Waterfords and Aunt Lydia, but who I think she's really saying it to is Nick and Rita. Like mm-hmm. she's grateful to Nick for putting his ass on the line to mm-hmm. try to rescue her. Yeah. And she's sorry that she couldn't be successfully rescued. Mm-hmm. She's thanking Rita for just trying her damn best in this crappy situation and for getting punched in the face for her. So it's just like, oof, it's so scary. And the fire raging behind mm-hmm. her. Well, and that was like the key sort of imagery for this season mm-hmm. has been fire. Ooh. She burns the handmaid outfit in the first episode. Yeah, the yeah, boy, yeah. I was like, wait, what was it? And then, like, at South by Southwest, like, that was, like, the display was, like, handmaid's outfits going up in flames. Oh, God, it's so good. And I have this Why very, are you so like, good at cinematology? <laughs> Cinema- <laughs> cinematology? It's not, like, cosmetology on film. <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing. So- Cinematography. Aunt Lydia then kind of steps in and is like, everything's going to be great. We're going to have a really healthy pregnancy. And ants play this role as sort of like soothsayers in this society. Like they're, they are life coaches. They are nutritionists. They are therapists. But they also, you know, it's their job to make these sort of predictions and Mm -hmm. be like, everything's going to be fine. Oh, speaking of things that are fine, that are not fine, is this next scene. Oh, God, what is it? Okay, June goes back (laughs) in her room. She looks at the bed, and then Serena is smoking in the nursery. So she's ignoring Aunt Lydia's advice, and she's still smoking. Like, smoke if you must, but don't smoke in the nursery. (laughs) It's like you've never seen those California smoking cessation commercials with the sentient puff of smoke over the baby's crib. Yeah, yeah. And so she then creeps into June's room, and climbs into bed with her to like feel her stomach and feel the baby and talk to the baby and talk to the baby. And so she says, all will be well, all will be well and all things shall be well, mm-hmm. which is from Julian of Norwich. Oops. She was an early Christian woman. She was the first woman to ever write a book in English, Whoa, nice. which is interesting given the kind of like light Ooh. emphasis we've had on the oral tradition. Ooh, and girl. She wrote, I believe it's like a Gnostic gospel, but because she was a woman, like the church was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> but so I thought it was interesting that's though that so Serena interesting. Joy latches onto this sort of like apocryphal wow. character in the history of Christianity. You're so smart. To like say this to the baby. And oh God, then she signs off with mama loves you. And like June's right there. It made my skin and the screen was super dark for this for me. And I was glad because I didn't want to see. Well, just that she's basically spooning her and like putting her head on her belly. Stark reminder that her body is not hers anymore on any level. And she can't 
she can't have a boundary setting conversation with Serena where she's like, um, could you not? Or like, can we like set up like, you know, visiting hours for you and the fetus? Yeah. This did feed in perfectly <gasps> to my fantasy fan fiction about Serena Joy and Alfred having a like sexual relationship. So. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of it out there. <laughs> we should find some and post it in the Facebook group. No, <laughs> I will write it. Uh, so gosh, that's so scary. Ugh. I, again, it was very dark. But I think she went and just laid in the closet, which, as we remember, was her sort of like place to go when she felt traumatized. Yeah. And so she goes in. It looked like maybe she was sort of like fingering the Nolite carving. Well, she's looking for it. Yeah. Oh, was it not there? It's not there. It's painted over. <gasps> yep. Shit. Well, you know. That's it. They really should have caught that the first time. Yeah, yeah. To be perfectly honest. So, yeah, it's painted over. So that's such oh, a... Oh, me. okay. And then she's repeating to herself, my fault, my fault, my fault. Which is... This is where the... Sorry, the brunch flashback came in here. And she is monologuing to herself and is thinking... And they switch from, like, you statements to, like, I statements. Where she's like, I did something terrible. I did something unforgivable. I must be punished. Well, it, it's reminiscent of the Rachel and Leah Center, right? Mm-hmm. Whose fault? Her yeah, fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <gasps> and it's just, it's very scary that sh- the Nolite is kind of the final bit of like, you're done being mm-hmm. action off-red. You are just straight up m- meek off-red. Serena and- told her, no more of this smart girl bullshit. <sighs> We're done with it. And so the following morning, she gets up, she puts on her clothes, she goes downstairs, Rita gives her her tokens. This is very reminiscent of the first season and her daily routine. She goes outside and Nick sees her. This is the first time they've had any opportunity to interact in theory, not. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, shouldn't you be keeping like a better cover? Like everyone anyway. should be doing better. But he's like, hey, and she says, we've been sent good weather. And he's like trying to like be like, hey, that's my baby. She's like, we've been sent good weather. She goes out and her internal monologue where we've seen her internal monologue before <sighs> has been her actual internal monologue. It's just we've been sent good weather. We've been sent good weather. Mm-hmm. So upsetting. It's so scary. The song here at the end is the song Hate by Cat Power, I'm which... S- did you know that? I knew that it was Cat Power. We had to Shazam it. <laughs> yeah. I was really proud of myself for recognizing that it was Cat Power. And oh my God, it's the lyrics are so appropriate. You have them there? Yeah, I sure do. You want to say them or, or... No, you say them. It's, uh, anyone can tell you there's no more road to ride. Everyone will tell you there's no place to hide. There's no laws, no rules to unchain your life. But the ones who didn't make it, the ones who couldn't take it... So glad they made it out alive. (gasps) But did they, though? Half of it is innocent, the other half wise. The whole damn thing makes no sense. I wish I could tell you a lie. Hey, come in here. Let me whisper in your ear. I hate myself. I want to (gasps) die. Damn. And you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, they, They were saying, like, I can't remember what dialogue it was towards the end, but it was like, you gotta forget that. You gotta, Mm -hmm. you have to forget this. And I wrote, I swear to God, if they play Don't You Forget About Me again (laughs) at the end of this, I am quitting this podcast. I am leaving this show. And so thankfully they didn't do that, but I was worried. Well, if you do that, I'll have to get a man co-host. So, Well, sounds like the fans want one. (laughs) Anyway, I think that's it. Sorry for the... you know, I'm not sorry no, for the lengthy look, recap. There was so much dialogue in here compared yeah. to how many stretches of non-talking there were <sighs> in the previous yeah. three episodes. A lot. A lot of it was just June, like being too loud in a safe house, or I guess really kind of a not safe house. Excellent. I I'm not sorry. We only do one of these a week. 
You know? Yeah. You know, people like us. They like spending time with us. Well, I like them too. I like spending time with you. I <gasps> love spending time with you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I gotta, I gotta recuperate. So everybody take good care. Hug your girlfriends close. This is a harrowing season and we want you to be in good mental health throughout it. But as always, no lite, te bastardes, carborundorum. Dum, 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 dum. Dum, 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 dum. Dum, 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 dum. Dum 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 dum. Get it? Cause cheating. <laughs>